Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode. Got a great guest in Mr. Greg Patterson, the CEO and one of the partners in the advisory group, a wealth management firm based out of San Francisco. And they work with a handful of high net worth individuals, business owners, entrepreneurs. And one of their kind of mindset principles or mottos that I really like is making work optional. And the way you do that, right, is by creating a strong foundational wealth building platform and plan for you to execute on from the perspective of you, yourself, from the perspective of your team or your employees, and then how you go out and roll that into the community and how this ecosystem kind of all cross-pollinates. And so we got into some great things in today's episode that are really going to help you identify how, at least from their perspective, they attack it. Now, everybody goes about building and creating wealth differently. So I really ask some pointed questions in terms of how they think about things. You know, if it's all about you know, stocks and the financial markets, or if they take a holistic approach and hearing how he responded to that. We talked about a lot of the challenges that, you know, people struggle with, whether it's the physical side of executing and planning and the strategies with it versus some of the mindset and money issues that a lot of individuals have that prevent them from creating wealth, at least from his perspective. We talked about a lot of the challenges that come from being you know, a hard-charging, driven entrepreneur or, or business owner or somebody who wants to build wealth um, and still being present and enjoying the journey. We talked about that balance between being hungry and getting after it and grinding and hustling versus also being patient. You know, we talked about some of the things that skill-wise you're going to want to develop from his perspective that he's seen in many of their clients who are very successful that you might be able to pick and pull from. As you guys know, I'm always looking to identify the things that are unique to that person's experience, but also who they get to surround themselves with, knowing that there's always clues and cues of things that, you know, it doesn't always have to be the same for everyone, but based on where you're at in your journey, there could be some really important or, you know, uh, compounding, you know, activities and mindsets that could make a really big difference for you in your journey. And so that's what we dug into on today's episode with Mr. Greg Patterson. As always, if you enjoy the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to shoot us a text at 844-447-1555 with any questions that you have. Tag me on social media. And let's dig into today's episode. Uh, Without any further ado, Mr. Greg Patterson, right after this quick message from today's show sponsor. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions and of course larger deals and paydays all around. We call 
this deep sales. And LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, I'm excited to welcome to the show, Greg Patterson of the Advisory Group. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing well, Manny. How are you? You know, we are uh, we're enjoying at least some nice weather here in California. I know you're in in North Bay. I'm you know in the Valley here a little bit, but uh, you know, there's my wife sent me this this uh, this text message the other day that I thought was kind of funny and suitable you know suitable to what it feels like California weather is, which is like there's winter and then there's what. I guess they call the fool spring, um, where yeah. it starts to feel like spring. I think we've had a stretch of what 65 degree weather for, you know, a couple of weeks here, but, um, hopefully we'll get some, some more, uh, rain and wetness to, to close out the year. Yeah. I feel for the people who live in the really cold areas, that's long, cold winters. We're, we're spoiled, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah spoiled, but they get, they get great, uh, you know, turning of the leaves maybe. So we don't get that as much. Exactly. Oh, you get we, some, yeah. Yeah, we get some good uh, you know, the city of trees, Sacramento. So we get some yeah. some good uh seasonal changes. But you know, for the sake of those that maybe aren't familiar with the advisory group and what you and your organization does, just give us a, a quick, you know, high-level overview. Yeah. So um the advisory group is a wealth and life strategy firm. Uh we work with personal wealth clients, uh, 401k plans, and foundations and endowments. And we say that we're really about helping business owners live well and make work optional uh, through life-changing advice. And that's really in the three areas they work with, self and their families. That's their personal, the personal wealth side, the, their employees, because a lot of our clients really care about the their teams and want to make sure they are on track to live their best lives. And so that's the 401k side and then their communities through foundations and endowments. I love it. So why don't we unpack that a little bit in terms of, you know, kind of the self, the team company, and then, you know, the the communities, why, why those three buckets? Yeah. Well, what, what we find is that um, maybe everybody, but even more so everybody cares, well, hopefully, and should, about themselves, their families, you know, the people that they are have some responsibility for, you know, and if they, you know, are a manager or a business owner, and uh, then their communities, right? So a lot of people want to have that kind of impact. And the people who have been fortunate uh, to have maybe more economic power or more leadership positions have an even bigger uh ability and responsibility to to do something about it and oftentimes need help because they're they're focused on uh, a lot of times rightfully so you know spending time with the people they care most about and uh, building their businesses and uh, can't spend full time on all of these other areas but want to make sure that they are supporting their their broader goals and consistent with their their values yeah 
And so how did you guys break down, you know, what falls into each one of those buckets and kind of the sequential, I guess, order of how you guys help people tackle, you know, getting each of these pillars, you know, optimized from a wealth building perspective? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, always interesting because it really varies a lot by client. Some are may start with us in just one area and then it expands to the others. Some start with us saying, yeah, I just really need help with all three of these right now. Some have you know, done different things or, you know, uh, you know, may not be able to, ha- you know, have the community impact yet if their wealth's not at a certain level. Although some people are, you know, get involved with other organizations indirectly that where they can do that if it's not their own wealth. Um, so, uh, yeah, it varies by, by person, but it's, you know, for a lot of people, it's about, you know, people underlying, under, you know, underneath it all really want to, uh, you know, despite whatever political and division matters are out there, most people really want to have a positive impact in some way, right? Yeah. So. yeah. And so talk about a little bit of, you know, your guys' business thesis or how you guys execute on what you do. What makes the advisory group so great? We, uh, there's a couple layers to that. One is that, you know, some people might think of us as an investment advisory business. So, if you ask the SEC, that's technically how we're categorized there. But that is just one pillar of the of the stool. You know, the investment piece is a fundamental component of it, but a much bigger and more important piece is you know identifying the goals so that you're climbing the right ladder. Right. right? Some people are uh, you know have what we call gas pedal risk, and this is increasingly common as people get successful. They're there's so many, th- you know, there's two things, gas pedal risk and peak busyness. Like there's so much going on in the, you know, kind of the, the peak earnings, peak growth yeah, parts of the years, their families, you know, and their kids are active and so much going on and their businesses are maybe hitting on all cylinders or trying and, you know, so many moving pieces that they maybe don't have the time and the energy to make sure that everything is done right. And they don't really want to become a financial or investment or planning or personal wealth strategy expert and because that's not the thing. Right. So, you know, our, where we're different is that we understand that people are busy and need that help. It needs to be done in a way that's as easy as possible. Not that there isn't some work involved for them because, you know, there are things to think about and data to gather, but it's really about uh, an experience that helps them feel liberated, get more organized and climb the right ladder. Uh, or ladders, right? So that they can sleep better uh, and, and live their best lives more effectively. And that a lot of that starts with uh, kind of really getting clear about what the goals are to begin with. Some people have a kind of a fuzzy idea in their heads about, yeah, I've got this goal. I can kind of see it on the horizon. But if you can articulate it, then you can actually kind of reverse engineer a financial structure to help support that, uh, th- those goals. Right. Yeah. Always talking about kind of uh, the North Star, right? Of like, where are you moving towards? So that way you can, you know, as that is clearly identified, make the best, you know, stepping stones or roadmap for getting there. What are, you know, is, is if you could shake one message into, you know, people's minds or, or brains or hearts when it comes to kind of wealth building. And I know we can talk a little bit more about, you know, some of the other, you know, strategic sides of things, 
you know, what is one of the mindset principles uh, that you think so many people are missing or you wish so many more people would just have on their radar or be thinking about when it comes to building wealth, creating, you know, financial freedom, a fulfilled life uh, that obviously can be done. So, you know, through uh, doing some of the things that you help people with. Yeah, that's a powerful uh, question. Um, and the central, the most common central thing for us is to help people think about why, right? If you say, you know, they're trying to build wealth, is it for people who are building wealth simply because they are trying to fill some sort of unconscious emotional need to feel safe and feel secure or feel powerful. There's oftentimes uh, those things can be addressed uh, sometimes. And when they are, what it all, what it does is it, it reveals that there is, they need clarity about a bigger goal about the real why or, or why that they choose rather than the why that has been imposed on them by maybe some pain in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. But in general, for people that maybe don't have that specific, those specific challenges, well, in, in those cases, it's harder because it, it's less fulfilling for us to work with people who uh, don't have a broader life goal that they've really envisioned. It's just about, hey, you know, build wealth, build wealth, build wealth for, for, for no real purpose. That's less interesting for them and less interesting for uh, for us. Not, not unimportant, but uh, where it gets really interesting is for those people or for people in general to say, you know, what, if money were no object, what would I do with my life, right? Um, how would I spend my time? How would I spend my money? How much money do I need for that? And by when? And that by thinking that way, it helps you back into and analyzing where you are, what the variables are that you're relatively certain about the future, which helps you figure out what the gaps are that you have to fill. For example, we have one a uh, personal wealth client who was a CFO of a, a large uh, law firm. And uh, we asked him that question. And he said, wow, no one has ever asked me that before. And he said, I've always thought maybe I should become a priest. <laughs> and he said, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do that, but I was never really, I never let myself really actually say that out loud and explore it, right? And he thought about it for a few weeks and he decided not to, but if he wanted to do that, he could live that life and the finances, he already had the finances to meet that life because it turns out that's a low financial demand, right? Right, yep. Um, But he felt so liberated just by really allowing himself to explore that goal and decide that's not really what he wanted. And he, so... Just as a starting point, the, his level of liberation, it unleashed him to think about other things, right? And it, it led to a sequence of, of changes in his life to, that, that were really important to him. Um, so, but for, for many people, it's not that simple because the life they want to live does require some financial goal. But a, a lot of people then get into this problem of what we call gas pedal risk, which is they are driving in their business and driving and driving and pushing and driving and can end up with stress problems and health problems and family relationship problems that may be totally avoidable because what if you're driving so hard and say, say, for example, your ideal life is to, you know, work less or be, 
you know, make work optional by age 60 and you want to have $10 million by then. Well, what if you're, you know, at age 45 and you're already close to that and maybe you're way over driving and therefore burning all these bridges that you didn't need to burn just because you weren't aware of what the financial structure was that you really needed. And maybe you're much more on track than you thought. Mm-hmm. Um, in other cases, people are maybe are not on track, but can build a path that allows them to say, look, okay, I can push and drive, but I can take my foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Not because in the end, those people who are really driven and really trying to, some people it's really about security for their family, security family, and end up losing their families. Right. So is that security for your family? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because those people who are counting on you and are desperate to have the kind of relationship with you that they want as well, and everybody loses. So these are the kinds of things where, you know, ironically, you know, if it's just an investment firm, they're not asking these kinds of questions. A good firm will help you figure out what the real important questions are so that all of the math and the investment and the, the, the reverse engineering and the financial planning is actually just a, a means to accomplish a clear, more important goal. It's it's never um, or rarely that the money itself is the the end goal. Yeah, we talk a lot about that too on the show, and you know that wealth and you know success and security that that looks different for everyone, right? You know, it's all it's all subjective yeah. to the individual and what that means to them. But without having that clarity, right, you're not going to be able to back into an actual you know plan that. You know, because obviously most of the people that are trying to create wealth are generally going to be big thinkers, big action takers. Now, mistaking movement for achievement is, you know, an issue, right? Of like being busy and working on a lot of different things doesn't mean you're the most productive and you're being most purposeful with your time. And so I love that you guys kind of break down in terms of how to get that clarity and what you want your money to do for you. And also, right, challenging, you know, the mindset around, you know, the money is just one piece of it, but it obviously is is an important piece that unlocks all of these other opportunities for you. And we talked a little bit about, you know, I think this is a challenge most people struggle with. Um, and I think that the clarity pieces is, is important because it might give you permission of when to do one or the other of what, you know, I'm going to share here with you. And we talked about like this struggle that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of big thinkers, you know, have, which is this, I'm driven and I want to hustle and grind, but you know, how do I be present in the process? Right. Like mm-hmm. one of my challenges as you know, an entrepreneur is like I'm always so excited about getting to the next milestone that I forget to enjoy and relish in yeah. the moment itself. That's um, that's a, that's a constant dilemma, right? And you don't want to turn off either because you turn off one, you give up the other, you turn off the other, you give up. You know, it's a challenge. Yeah, it, exactly. Or 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 staying hungry and being you know obsessive over the things that still, as a person, right, fire you up and you know, you know, keep you moving and sharpening your own axe and you know the needle going in the right direction. But also this you know discipline or this you know um, comfort in also having the patience muscle, right? And so like you know just just some of those things, right? How clarity and what the plan is, or maybe what the next milestone looks like and what you're working towards, how that can also be very important to giving you permission of it's a season of driving and grinding and obsessing versus, Hey, maybe you can be more present and, you know, relax in these capacities. What does that 
look like maybe for you being, you know, uh, the, the CEO and, and an owner in the advisory group? And, and how do you communicate that to either your clients or to other people that I'm sure relate to, you know, in sharing these struggles? Yeah, you, you, there's a key word you mentioned, which is uh, simple, but, and oftentimes said, but oftentimes insufficiently explored, which is clarity, mm. right? Um, oftentimes people are building or acting on uh, kind of social pressures or unspoken expectations or uh, you know other kinds of unmet needs rather than really somehow stepping back and saying, okay, what is, how do I get clear about what I really want? And by I, I might mean, say, say it's your family, say it's your you and your wife or uh, somebody and their partner, you know, but also themselves as individuals say, what is that? You know, do you, how do you get that clarity? Because without that, you can't just stop and do nothing, right? Because you have to keep moving and, you know, we all have to pay the bills. And um, so, uh, but the more clarity you have, uh, the, the easier it is. You mentioned, you know, being kind of driven, uh, you know, this idea of being driven versus being present. Uh, uh, and when you have that clarity, it's easy. It, you're less likely to stray too far outside the lane that you really want to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll feel more freedom when you're in motion um, as well. So, I mean, those are, you know, some people get that, you know, by going on a hike, some get it through maybe going on a retreat. Some people doing it, you know, when they're on the, you know, they kind of get that clarity when they're in the flow, when they're on, you know, the fifth hour of an Ironman you know, training bike ride, you know, uh, maybe others through meditation. I mean, who knows? Different right. things. Some people, it's a, you know, a shocking life experience, a, a, a horrible loss, you know, or some other kind of life event. But, um, you know, finding, I think you mentioned, you mentioned that, idea of your north star you know yep. uh, and maybe that north star you know it's different than a true you know physical star where maybe over time it evolves and it changes and it shifts but uh you know and, and some of it may have to do with a sense of purpose uh, yeah. or maybe yeah. it has you know and purpose might be providing for your family or uh having a certain kind of life experience or helping mm-hmm. others or you know whatever those things are so I guess that's a, a little bit of a meandering answer, but that um, uh, you know, I think if you have, or you know, and there's no easy way to get clarity, but uh, if you work on that, you get closer. And so right. I, you know, I try to I try to do that. I encourage others to do that in our in our business process with our clients. We that's an important part of the beginning because you know it's hard to 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 set the path to get where you want to go. Uh, well, I think what you said, where that is. right. And I think what you said, or at least this is just going off my own experiences, you know, it, when your brain starts going to work and trying to find an answer to that, you know, question or to solve, you know, and, and create a solution for that challenge, you know, you may not have the, the crystal clear answer right away. Right. But as you mm-hmm. continue to exercise a rhythm around it, and it's you're in proximity to it, you know, every, every time you go around the monopoly board, right. If you didn't 
play it for the first time, by the 50th time you've passed go, you probably have a lot clearer idea of how you want to navigate going around that track every single time to achieve whatever it is that you're you're trying to achieve when playing that particular game. And it's kind of the, I look at that analogy as being the same for, you know, your, whether it's your life plan or your, your business plan is like, you know, it's not going to be perfect V1. It's not going to be perfect V2. But, you know, by the time you've been noodling on this and working on it and retooling it and optimizing it and taking the feedback as you go out and take some of these actions, you know, your plan is going to get a little bit more crystallized or a little bit better every single time. And, and that's why, like, you know, I've got, I do a vision boarding exercise every year that ties into my goals and I've got it, you know, printed out with all of these things on it. I've got it hanging up on a poster in, in my office. Um, it's amazing it's, when you, when you do that, it, it, it kind of your antenna are up. Exactly. And then you're, you're noticing and paying attention and learning things that help support that. Right. So just articulating it can actually increase the chance of achieving the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if anything, you know, I, I think more about is not necessarily having, yes, you want as much clarity as you can get, but if anything, it's, being okay with the fact that it's not going to be 100% crystallized, but more so, how do you keep your awareness up around it? What are your your habits and your disciplines and rhythms of how you stay in proximity to it? Or what I call like just being in relationship with it. Just like, you know, if I said I wanted to have a successful marriage, but I didn't, you know, talk and physically interact and emotionally interact, you know, with my wife every day or week. And I looked up at the end of the year and said, how did I do? And I didn't do any of those things. I wasn't in relationship you know, with my wife, well, then it looked pretty crappy, right? And it's the same thing, I think, with your goals or with your health or with your business plan or your wealth plan is it's not necessarily having it 100% right. It's more so how do you stay in proximity to it and keep working on it? Know that it's going to change and evolve, like you said, as life or seasons of life change and bring new opportunities or challenges. So I love that you guys brought that up. And I'm curious of what does that rhythm look like for you and your clients of how do you guys or your clients, you know, stay in proximity to their plan and and what does that awareness and retooling, you know, consistently look like? Yeah, there's there is a uh, use the word process and retooling, and those are good words because any plan that's worth uh, doing will naturally require some adjustments and uh, because needs change, the world changes, uh, goals adjust. You could have a dramatic shift in goals. You could have a minor shift in goals. Circumstances change. You know, the economy changes. Pandemics happen. I mean, a lot of things happen. So, you know, the, uh, the, uh, so what we will do is, you know, assess, assess progress Input new variables. How did things go? Are we above expectations, below? What does that require for adjustment? So there's this uh, kind of gradual shifting and taking steps, uh, which is so much easier for people to do than saying, well, oops, you know, I'm not going to do anything and I'll figure it out in 20 years because then you have to make more dramatic changes. And when you haven't done the planning, unless you've had enormous luck, you generally have to make much bigger sacrifices (laughs) <laughs> to actually get to the goals, yeah, right. So if you can do it incrementally, it's it's a lot easier, both in terms of um, I know actual execution as well as, as stress. But 
So that's, that's that. And then the other thing that is kind of an overlay to that, which I think you're hitting on as well, which is, you know, you do want clarity, but you also want to be careful not to set up your expectations. They are so specific and so only out in the future that you're almost by definition guaranteed to fail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the more specific uh, it is, the more you might by definition not meet your expectations. So there's this idea of, of um, setting a range of outcomes as part of that, uh, in both in terms of the life experience as well as the financial goals. So yeah, if we get in this range and just thinking about it that way, remove some of this binary, hey, I did it, I didn't do it thing. Yep. Right. So like, for example, I do uh, triathlons. And if I set a really specific goal of a very specific time or a very specific place, and I'm off by one minute or one place, you know, I have to convince myself, oh, you didn't fail because you were really close to the goal. But, you know, technically you, you walk away with this sense of disappointment. Now, sometimes you do want to go in. There's some things you may, you know, really want to achieve a certain goal, but you know, that's where it can be helpful to say, okay, maybe here's my stretch goal. And then here's, but here's my really like, still a great outcome if I was in this range and, and you know, make it reasonably uh, possible, right? So, uh, because a, a lot of it is also, you know, planning for the future, mm-hmm. building things so that the future that you want is possible, but also enjoying the journey, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, you know, so making sure that you're enjoying it as you go along, because otherwise... You're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then that specific thing, if it's, you know, then your whole life went by. And uh, so, yeah, which again, comes back to this theme you were talking about of, you know, you're busy, you're driven, you're getting things done. How do you pause and be present? How do you make sure you're, you know, that, that kind of, uh, you know, the challenge of being hungry versus patient. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned, you know, a word that kind of stuck out to me, which was which is the future. How much do you guys plan for the balance, I guess, right? Of the plan for today versus the plan for the future. And, and what does that, you know, weight look like in terms of each one? You know, because obviously future all crystal ball speculation, you know, we think we may be able to identify maybe where things are trending and moving towards, but at the end of the day, who knows what that looks like versus, you know, planning for today and whether that's proactive planning or reactive, you know, planning, how do you guys kind of tackle that? Or what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, that's, that folds right into this idea of now, not versus later, but now and later, right? Not, not uh, which kind of comes back to the other idea that some people are saving, building, saving, building, saving, building, and not living now, right? So, yeah, the way uh, we help our clients with that is to get a clear kind of lifetime picture of major uh, expected spending and costs. And so, somebody might have there might be a wedding, there might be a car, there might be a vacation home, there might be college, there might be for kids, there might be a bunch of different big, uh, you know, one-time costs, uh, you know, uh, so to speak. And then there's the, okay, what is the, the spend rate for the certain lifestyle? Understanding as well that the research shows that people, when they're in, you know, their 
you're going to hesitate to use the word retirement because that's kind of a uh, an antiquated word, but like, sure. you know, I think of it as like their financial independence period where, where they would, you know, not be working as much or not working at all and be spending, you know, what do they need? And as people get into like the, the, maybe the last 15 or 20 years of their life, they tend to just, even if they're healthy, they just tend not to be as interested in traveling and doing the higher expense things. Just, uh, you know, the, the life and the drive and the, for that kind of thing is different than what people think it is now when they're younger, right? Right, yeah. So if you account for that, you can move some of that spending up sometimes and you can figure out, okay, what, based on where I am now, what my projected earnings are, what the projections of the stock market and by projections of the stock and bond markets, being very careful to ignore what's happening right now Yep. If it's way up, which it has been, the last decade's been unusually strong, or if it's way down, because everything's cyclical. So there are long-term patterns and econometric forecasting that go into modeling that help you come up with a reasonable expected return for planning purposes. Uh, you know, in the short run, it's variable, but in the long run, it tends to be fairly reliable. So then you can actually back into uh, with the sense, you know, statistical probabilities of say, you know, there's an 80% chance I'm going to be able to achieve the, you know, all these goals. And that mm-hmm. 80% might be a, a great outcome because, you know, if you're a little bit under, you've already planned for this range of outcomes and a little bit under is still totally acceptable. A little more under is still probably acceptable. And with the chance of being over somewhat as well. So that way, then people can be planning for, calculating for, preparing for, those different future events, those future living years, because it's not just a one-time event. You know, you're not planning for a specific thing. You're planning really for everything starting tomorrow through, you know, your life expectancy, maybe plus a few years, just in case you live longer than you think. Right. And that allows you then to say, wow, I actually have more, you know, assets and resources at my disposal to live the life I want more now. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Or it might say, Wow, to do that, you know, we've got to tighten our belts just a little bit for these next couple of years to get right. that back on track. 
or hey, well, we want to spend now more, but tighten our belts in a couple of years from now. We want to, you know, uh, anyway. So it allows you to sort of modularly plan and, and and do things rather than always just waiting for it, right? right. Or right. for some people, rather than overloading it now, because some people are living a really uh, kind of more elaborate, lavish lifestyle. When if they cut that in half, they would get still maybe 95% of the enjoyment. It's that extra 5% that they may spend that they don't really enjoy that much. Yeah. That can go into securing the future if they need it, right? So understanding those things really uh, and having those conversations and running the math uh, helps people kind of know what to do and when. And you just feel a different level of peace of mind about all of that because in the end, we are animals you know and there's that what people refer to as the lizard brain the 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 small part of the brain that is more of the fight or flight reflex that is kind of always a little bit you know it's it's about quick decisions based on uh uh, you know survival and fear right and so if you don't have to the extent you can plan out and create a little more sense of security you can calm down that part of the brain and you can feel more present and you feel more alive and feel more liberated and feel more engaged now so it's amazing how all of these things kind of connect and and kind of become a positive snowball over time. Absolutely. And, you know, I always think of having certain, based on, you know, certain outcomes that you desire to have, you know, there's kind of the mindset and there's the, you know, strategy piece of it, but then there's the physical execution of it, right? What What would you say some of the investment skill sets are that, yeah, of course, you can always rely on your financial advisor, your wealth manager, right? And, and your plan. But what what are some of the things that you always see the most successful people that you guys get to work with that have this skill set? Is it being able to read a PL and a balance sheet? Is it budgeting? Like what are some of the physical skills that people should really challenge themselves to, you know, master and and you know, to have on their tool belt as they are going to go about, you know, building out their wealth, their wealth plan and their journey. Yeah, I would say it falls in the camp of uh, behavioral finance where, uh, and, and some people have this more naturally and some people gain it and acquire it as a result of working with an advisor over time. For example, a lot of our clients are, super talented, super intelligent, super successful in their field, but just don't have, you know, I mean, who, there, there are no financial literacy training in, <coughs> in, you know, in school here, right? Even, you know, high school, college, even really grad school, unless you're, you know, doing a PhD on the subject. You know, I remember in high school, we had this stock picking contest. And if, in retrospect, it's so silly because it's training you to binary, put it all on, you know, red or black, you know, you win the whole thing and everybody else loses, right? Yeah. Well, that's not that's not how things work, but it trains you to like it, it's it kind of wires your brain. You, like you learn some things from that, but um. So I think the 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 thing that that makes the biggest difference from that kind of physical skill standpoint is not learning not to allow yourself to get too excited when things are, let's say the markets are hot, right? Uh, There's there's a a, myopic bias, kind of a short-term bias uh, Mm -hmm. that people tend to think and studies show that people think that the future will look like the recent past. So if things have been great, 
they are confident that it'll stay that way. If things have been, you know, markets have been tough, for example, and this applies to other things, but I'll just use markets as an example. If markets have been really bad, people think it's going to stay bad. Yep. And it might stay bad a little longer. It might stay good a little longer. But markets, if you look at the long term, are very cyclical and there are inevitable upswings and downswings. And so the people that do the most damage to themselves are the ones that don't harness that and recognize it and manage it and then panic when the market goes down. Right. Right. I mean, we know of a case, uh, it wasn't a client of ours, it was a client of somebody else. They ended up firing this advisor who was a very good advisor. They lost, you know, they had 100 million. They, it was the, you know, global financial crisis. They lost 50 million. They fired the advisor. They went to cash and they really lost the money because they missed the recovery. So when they could have ended up, you know, you know, with 150 million instead of 50 million, right? So, um, uh, whereas the other side of it is if you get overexcited, you know, it feels good to see your 401k or your accounts go up or your house value go up. Uh, but if you, you want to be a little bit cautious about being overconfident, right? Uh, about that and saying, okay, well, you know, am I diversified? Or, you know, if I'm in, you know, some people, you know, there's a lot of value, for example, to index uh, investing in some uh, for certain purposes. And we incorporate that in some of what we do. However, for example, if you put everything in this S&P 500, which has done so well in the last number of years, uh, because really the mega cap stocks, you know, there's five or eight stocks that have just dominated. Uh, you know, are you prepared to say, well, we, we expect a small number of stocks to continue to do that well forever? Could do very well for a while. Facebook dropped 20% yesterday. <laughs> uh, wasn't expected, you know, at some level, but it's another level. It's not surprising because, you know, certain levels of revenue streams and business models just, you know, they don't extend forever. They have got to yep. invent, reinvent. Yep. Right. Um, so, you know, I think to answer your question, it's being aware of your, your prefrontal cortex versus your lizard brain, how that interacts, and to uh, be patient when you should be, not to get overexcited when you shouldn't. And uh, that, that's, you know, so that, you know, when things get tough and markets get tough, some of the wealthiest investors will say, hey, well, it's not comfortable, but it's time to rebalance the portfolio. It's time to, oh, we have some spare cash here. Let's maybe we want to put that in if we don't need it on the short term horizon. Uh, it's sort of like running into the to the burning building. Uh, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. But oftentimes that's where the opportunity is. And Absolutely. we're not suggesting people sit around and wait in cash for that opportunity because that actually never time the market, the right? Right. But if, you know, if your circumstances allow and you happen to come into some new money and you're wondering what to do uh, and the market just happens to take a, a dip, well, that's that's a, certainly a buying opportunity. So, you know, again, that's that's a very specific short term example. And we're not short term tactical uh, advisors, but there are, you know, sometimes opportunities. And and uh, but the, the bigger opportunity is to create a pattern of smart decisions over time rather than hoping for one great opportunity and an isolated moment. Absolutely. You know, nobody can time the market, right? And there's always a bull market and there's always a bear market going on somewhere, right? So it's just identifying your goals, figuring out what your strategy and your plan is for achieving those goals, right? And then just trusting in in the execution of it and and watching it very closely. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I always see from at least the most successful people 
not just in wealth or or business, but just in general, I, I would say is this hyper sense of awareness and, and just going, okay, I'm off track here. This isn't working. Let's retool, let's retweak. And and this constant, you know, ability to just adapt and pivot and adapt and pivot and not being necessarily attached to what is or what they think has to be and being more, you know, responsive to what could potentially be the next right decision based on what goal you're trying to achieve and when you're trying to achieve it by you know as we wrap up a little bit i want to just get your take on holistic planning you know always a lot of financial advisors or wealth managers right there it's it's all stock market um mm-hmm. and at least from you know some of the people that i've seen who manage some of the smartest people's money in the world it's 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 a balance of you know businesses and stocks and real estate. I'm curious what your guys's you know thoughts are around holistic planning and and what that strategy should or could look like for you know certain clients. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of what we've talked about today relates to that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and to kind of connect that to some of your comments, now it's. Uh, for us, holistic planning has to do with starting with the the goals and making sure that the structure supports the goals um, and considers, you know, everything from the needs, the wants, estate planning, multi-generational questions, uh, tax planning, looking at all the different angles uh, to make sure that you're not under-optimized in too many places and all that adds, you know, value over time, but around, around the goals. So, um, uh, so I just want to check in and see if you have a, a specific question you're trying to ask. So I make sure that I answer it. Oops, I think if anything, it was just more around the idea of, you know, some people, they, they don't want their clients' money going outside of their direct, you know, oversight, right? Whereas oh, okay. usually we work with a lot of different, you know, in terms of, I'll just say, you know, we're building a hotel on the Riverwalk in San Antonio and, you know, how we raised part of our equity stack was working with other wealth managers that were like, hey, we've got some clients that like these alternative types of investments outside of our stewardship particularly on X, Y, or Z in, in the stock market. So I would just like to take a temperature and see what, you know, certain, um, you know, wealth strategies look like per your business model. And I'm always just yeah. curious because there's, there's a, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I'm just always curious in terms of what those, you know, thoughts are for you guys around, do you think it's best to keep all your clients' money in the stock market and the different silos and buckets and how you can obviously mitigate risk and, you know, diversify into different things within that ecosystem only? Or do you guys like to look outside of that as well? Yeah, well, it, uh, we... Well, let me give you an example that might help answer that because we we think that having a liquid... There's matter questions of liquidity. <coughs> There's questions of uh, sort of the relative predictability of accomplishing the goal. So oftentimes we encourage people to get set up and have a liquid portfolio that meets, helps them, you know, build that to get to meet their goals. Some people prefer at the same time to have 
say, for example, real estate, if it's income generating or, or something, especially if it's diversified, because if it's not diversified, then you may have geography issues, you might have earthquake or other factors that could provide a, you know, present a, a surprise, uh, sudden risk that, that could, if it's overweighted in something that has that kind of risk, that can jeopardize the goals. But mm-hmm. if that is money that, for example, if you've got the core and you've got, and you understand your goals and you understand the range of outcomes, and then you have excess assets around that where you say, well, hey, you know, I've got the foundation built and now I have this excess. Do I want to speculate with that or do I want to build the portfolio? Some people, sure. depending on their comfort levels and their interests, they might want to explore a real estate partnership or something diversified or even dip into if they can access it some sort of uh, you know VC opportunities uh, or you know much what we consider uh, uh, you know some are much more speculative and could be kind of an all or nothing potentially right. go to zero kind of opportunity and others might be you know real estate where uh, you know it's uh, you know maybe a little more you know less likely to certainly go to zero but a little bit hard to predict the more specific it is and the you know uh, so yeah, for us, it's dependent uh, to what degree that the goals need to be uh, specifically more predictable and liquid, and, yeah. uh, and the proportion of wealth available to to do to to go outside that. Yeah, makes sense. And in terms of uh, you know, I'm sure your clients are often talking with you probably more now than they have in the past. You know that things are a little volatile right now in the market. What are some of the things that your clients are asking you guys about in terms of? either things they're interested in investing in or moving their money into or things that they're concerned about? What, 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 what are the conversations that are going on right now in your world? Yeah, some are asking uh, you know, about how sustainable current valuations are, right? Uh, and there are reasons to be concerned about valuations. There are also reasons that would support those valuations compared to other times in the past. So it's... Sure. That's an interesting situation. Others uh, not necessarily concerned yet, but are curious about inflation and the relatively high level, which to us at some level is not a big surprise because historically, inflation has always followed heavy fiscal and monetary stimulus periods. And uh, we just happen to have a very big, long period without inflation, but very heavy fiscal and and monetary stimulus. And so at some level, you you combine that with... uh, you know, a supply shortage and other factors. It's like, well, really not that surprising. So we're yeah. not really that concerned about that, but it's something, you know, uh, you know, a well-built portfolio will help uh, address that uh, as well. Um, others, uh, you know, have gone through a lot of thinking uh, during the pandemic and are wondering, well, you know, wow, what, yeah, even if they thought they had their goals clear, they're thinking, well, maybe, Maybe I would do something different. Maybe I do want to spend my time differently, right? And that's showing up in some people around the country in the jobs numbers where people are leaving their jobs and trying not to go back, even if they are, you know, not necessarily at high wealth levels. But some high wealth people are also saying, "Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I want to rethink this. Maybe I want to find someone else to help manage my business so I have more time. Or maybe mm-hmm. I want to sell the business sooner than I thought. Or maybe I want to." You know, continue to manage, but but manage my time differently. Um, those sorts of things, and then that, that you know comes back to you know if you've got the planning process and you you've got the the methods, and you say okay, right. well if we did this, this is what it would look like. If you do that, this is what it would look like. And yep, and it's uh, so that's kind of fun to have people have this kind of toolkit 
through us of how to explore these ideas. So I love it. Well, I know people are going to have some questions for sure on, you know, how to have and further some of these conversations or to, you know, walk through some of these scenarios. And obviously, you guys are a great resource for that. So where is the best place for them to connect with you guys, Greg? Yeah, well, if you go to uh, advisory group, SF, as in San Francisco.com, uh, just hop onto our uh, contact us page or our call our uh, main number uh, there and happy to have a conversation. We love hearing people's stories and and uh, to learn how we might be able to help uh, kind of be part of shaping their their next part of their story. So yeah, it's, it's fun for us. We, we love doing this. Greg Patterson, man. Appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Hey, Maddie, it was great. Thank you for uh, so many great questions and, and uh, your, your thoughtfulness. And uh, uh, interesting to see. I can see your, uh, how your, your mind ticks a little bit. And uh, I like how you think. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you share it with somebody else who maybe needs to hear this today or that could gain some value from something that was talked about or discussed in today's interview. You just never know one piece of information, a conversation, a tool, a resource can completely transform and change the trajectory of someone's life or their business. So if you get any kind of value or you want to support the show, all we ask is that you help us organically get this in front of more people. Also, for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey and unlock more financial freedom, get more time back and just level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to therichlifeacademy.com to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, courses from our guests, all kinds of free content, downloads, checklists, upcoming event info, and how you can connect with us live, in person, all kinds of great valuable tools. You can get that over at therichlifeacademy.com. Last but not least, I always wanna know, who do you guys wanna hear me interview next? Let me know. Shoot me a text at 844-447-1555. With that being said, until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friend.